going to be a little on the rough side trying to get started today. It's difficult to know how to develop a message that I need to, to bring with all the things that are going on in the world. So I want you to understand. I want you to see from God's perspective what he declares to be what marriage is and what the other, if it's not marriage, what is it? And so seeking to find out what will be the consequences from God's point of view. If something that's contrary to what God wants is acceptable in society. So you have to understand where it comes from, who started it. And I think most of y'all here have no problem with that. But I want you to know that when I say God so loved the world, I believe that means everybody. And when he died on the cross to pay for all the sins of the world, I believe that means all sin. So regardless of who has done what, understand as I reference these things, that is to be at the core of everything that I'm saying. I've had people say, well, Yankee, they love each other. All right. All right. I may love you, but I don't have to go to bed with you to prove it. Please understand that in the right context. I'm talking about we can love a lot of things and a lot of people, but it still does not excuse sin. And that's based upon what God calls sin. So is it right or is it wrong? So very quickly, just look at this very quickly. Over there in the book of Genesis, Genesis in chapter 3. We're going to look at some things that will help you to know whether you will ever take that position or not. That's not between you and me. I'll show you what God says, and you can take it from there. You can either believe it or not believe it. I know what I believe. I know where I stand. But I do believe that there's going to be a time come when I'm going to be asked to compromise my position. I want you to know, don't let it be you that asks me. I will not compromise my position. I am not going to submit the word of God, the will of God, to the government. This stands supreme. If it doesn't stand supreme, go home, take your Bible, throw it in the trash, and listen to what the White House has to tell you. Or government legislators. Let that determine how you develop your values. I believe that my value should come from what? Thus saith the Lord. So here in Genesis, in chapter 2, I want you to look there in verse 23. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. She, not he, she shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. To me... Marriage was instituted as a divine institution by God himself. He made the man, he made the woman. And the Bible says in verse 22, and brought her to the man. God did this. So marriage is a word that we find in the Bible. God's the one that defines the meaning of the word. We do not need 
the federal government or any state government defining what marriage is. We already know what it is. They simply want to redefine it so that it's more inclusive and you destroy the meaning of the word itself. Marriage between a man and a woman, period. There isn't any other definition needed for this clear-cut understanding of what God says in His Word. Now, I want to look at some verses with you, and I uh, hope that you'll just follow along with me. So, take your Bible and turn to the book of Hebrews, chapter 13. The book of Hebrews, in chapter 13. There's many things that we have covered in the book of Hebrews, but I, I want to show you uh, one of the verses because these people, these Jewish believers, were having some trouble remaining faithful. So as time was moving on, we believed that these things were happening while the temple was still standing. So it would have to be before 70 A.D. when Titus came in and destroyed the temple in 68 A.D. and laid siege against it and destroyed it. So the temple was still there. The practice was still going on. Sacrifice was still being made. But Christ has already died. He's already come back from the dead. So what he had done was so much better than what those high priests were doing on a daily basis. So there was a lot of confusion with Jewish believers. Some had taken and suffered greatly under government. They had been martyred. And many were losing a lot of their wealth and their possessions because the Bible says that they had, it had cost them severely in the book of Hebrews chapter 10, verse 32 down to verse 35, where he talks about so many of these things that happened, talked about how to live by faith when it seems like the world is against you. They were also told, hey, Jesus is coming back. And some had gotten to the place where they no longer looking for him. And so then he also makes a statement in Hebrews in chapter 10. Hey, he will come. It will be a little while, yet he shall come. To reinforce the fact, don't become impatient. Don't fall in love with the world. And some were having all kinds of problems. But right now I want you to look at a portion of Scripture with me in chapter 13 and verse 1. Let brotherly love continue. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. You see, whenever you lose the desire to serve God and please God, you lose that element also of hospitality. Where you used to, they used to entertain strangers, but not like they used to. But he warns them, he says, you realize that some have entertained angels unaware, not aware. God may bless you, by having certain people cross your path. And that's why you have to be careful that you're not just mean and unkind and uncourteous to those people that God may send your way. Be kind to everyone. That's why he says in never brotherly love. Continue. You started, let it continue. You see, you don't want to grow up to be a, a mean old man or a mean old woman. The world is full of those. We ought to be having more grace as we get older. But grace doesn't mean the absence of, of convictions. Because God tells us how to think and how to stand, what to believe. But it doesn't mean you don't love people just because you don't love their sin. I don't love the sin, 
because God doesn't even love mine. We're not to love sin. We're to hate sin. The Bible talks about in the book of Galatians in chapter 6, those who mock God, and you mock God by mocking sin, like it really doesn't matter. We can do whatever we want and get away with it. Well, it all depends on the will of the majority. If we can pass laws that gives us the right, then it's right. No, if it breaks the law of God, it's still wrong. Man can't make right what God says is wrong. If God says it's wrong, now wait until God passes new legislation. He's already given us His Word, and He says His Word is settled. It's final. This is our final authority for faith and practice, which is a part of our article of incorporation, our statement of faith of what we believe. Then he says here in verse 4, Marriage is honorable in all, the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers, now, underline those three little words that follows this. He's writing to believers, but it also is true of everyone. God will judge. You see that? Now, I didn't put that in there. You say, well, that's in the Old Testament. This is in the New Testament. And he says, God will judge. Now, turn back to your left just a couple pages to where you see there in chapter 10, where it says in verse 30, For we know him that hath said, Vengeance belongeth unto me. I will recompense, saith the Lord. And again, the Lord shall judge. You ought to underline those three words. Judge his people. Don't think for a moment that as a Christian, we can live as we please and get away with it. You cannot. You say, well, I heard you say that going to heaven was all by grace, not one bit of works. I did because God said it. But I'm not talking about going to heaven. Going to heaven is settled. That's free. But we're not there yet. Just because you had children born into your family, does that mean you don't have to correct them? They'll always be your children. I know. I've tried to divorce mine, but I can't. They're all, once they're yours, they're yours. I'm just joking. When they're obedient, they're mine. When they're disobedient, they're hers. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you have children that are yours, but you do chasten and discipline. Correct. Try to train your children. And God tells us as his children, we cannot live as we please and get away with it. So he says, the Lord shall judge his people. So we know that the word of God tells us that. We're to believe that. Now, I want you to take your Bible and look in the book of Galatians in chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. I will probably never be able to change the philosophy of the world. But I do have a responsibility to teach God's people what God says for His children. What I believe is wrong for the world, they're probably not going to listen to me. But I would hope to think that those who come to Calvary Community Church will lend an ear and at least consider what the Word of God is saying. Because you're going to be given advice. You're going to be making decisions. And you may even find yourself doing the things that you're not supposed to do. But because you're a Christian, it's okay. Here in the book of Galatians in chapter 5, notice what he says in verse 16. 
This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. This is to the Christian, the believer. So as a child of God, you have a choice. So you can walk in whichever one you please. You can walk in the Spirit and be pleased that you're doing your choice, or you can walk in the flesh and enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. The reason people sin is because it's fun. There's pleasure in sin. There's a sense of pride when you can rebel against the status quo. Do whatever you want to do. I'm my own man. Yeah, you didn't finish. So he says here in verse 19, Now the works of the flesh, so that you know these are things that come from the flesh. Now, the walk in the flesh, these are considered by God to be sin. These are not the good things. The works of the flesh is the result of what you do rebelling against God. Can a Christian rebel against the will of God for his life? Yes, he can. So a child of God can, but you need to understand where God stands on this. And this is what he said. In verse 19, now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery just happens to be the first one mentioned here. So is it wrong for God's children to commit adultery? Is it wrong for the world to commit adultery? In God's eyes, when he gave the Ten Commandments, he also said, thou shalt not commit adultery. Now we can get into a definition of all of the things that pertain to this, and fornication and what all of that means. And effeminate and what all of that means. And man with mankind and what all of that means. But if it's sex outside of marriage, it's wrong. The marriage bed is undefiled. And that's between the man and the woman that have a right to each other's body. Outside of that, you do not have the right to even create a desire or a lust in another person that's not your husband or your wife. It is wrong. You're not to do it. And it would help you probably tremendously if you'll watch what you're watching on television or movies you go to. If it stirs up within you that passion, you're watching something you ought not watch. Now, I know you don't like what I'm saying, and I'll probably have half of y'all here next week. (laughs) But while you are here, I want you to get what God's Word says. I want to help you. Because not to do what God says do and count what God says sin as sin, and you try to mock God, you're going to pay a great price, and God will judge you. Salvation, no, that's been taken care of. Aren't you glad? And all of us are sinners. Yes, we are. But don't use that as justification to excuse anything in your life. Look what else he says. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, reverence, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, reveling, such like. Other which I tell you before, as I told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. God says they that do such things cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Understand, this is all the works of the flesh that comes from the first birth. You and I have two of them. Our first birth isn't going. Our second birth is what's going to heaven. And the second birth is born of God. It has no sinful nature. But while I'm living here, I have to deal with these two natures. One is divine and cannot sin. One is sinful and can't do anything right. There's none righteous, no, not one. 
So we have this old sinful nature. But I wanted you to see, God said, these are sins of the flesh. The world has this old sinful nature. The world walks in the flesh. They cannot walk in the spirit. So regardless, if you're living in the flesh as a lost man without God, it's easy for them to want to go by the will of the majority. Let's just not call it wrong. Let's pass legislation and by the power of the pen, we can change the meaning of words and therefore we're not guilty anymore. Don't we feel better? When I looked at the paper the other day and I saw men and women all over the pictures, oh, they're so happy, so filled with love. I wanted to vomit. Makes me want to puke. You say, you just don't love people. Yes, I do. Is that they don't really love each other the way God wants them to. Because, you see, just because you love someone doesn't mean you have the right to violate the laws of God or to abuse somebody else's body. It is wicked, it is wrong, and it sends the wrong message. Now it will be justified for all the teachers in the school to tell all those children it's okay. And you watch a groundswell of people and young boys and young girls begin to commit sodomy. And it's wicked and it's wrong and sex outside of marriage. Parents need to put their foot down and say, this is right and this is wrong because God says so. It's not right because the legislation was passed and now it's okay. It's not okay. You watch, it won't be long. They'll have me in the sensitivity training. (laughs) It ain't going to (laughs) work. I didn't mean that to be funny. (laughs) Take your Bible and look in the book of Mark, chapter 7. The book of Mark, chapter 7. People say, well, you never hear Jesus saying anything like that. Well, la-dee-da. He put his stamp of approval upon the Old Testament, the law, the prophet, and the Psalms. And you go back and you read... Genesis, and see what the Word of God has to say. But here, I want you to look at this in the book of Luke. That's why I'm in the wrong place, the book of Mark. Mark chapter 7. Well, look, if you already know everything, just go ahead and read it yourself. Look what he says here in verse 18. He Jesus said unto them, Are ye so without understanding also? Do ye not perceive that whatsoever thing from without entereth into man, it cannot defile him? Because it entereth not into the heart, but into the belly, and goeth out into the draw, purging all meat. And he said, That which cometh out of the man, that defileth the man. For from within, out of the heart of man, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornication, murders, If we can justify adultery, (laughs) we ought to be able to justify murder. You know, there's religions that justify murder. They get to be martyrs for their cause. They get 70 Virginians when they get up there. (laughs) There's another story about that. But they believe they're doing God 
a service. But it's wicked. Should it be accepted because that's what they believe? It's still wicked, still wrong. Thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within the man. Are they wrong? All these things we just listed, they're wrong. Is adultery listed there? Yes. And you'll find out fornication, whether you're single, whether you're married. Sex outside of marriage is wrong. Whether you're an adult man that's married with a single girl that isn't, wrong. Well, we love each other. Not that much you don't. It's lust. And most people don't know the difference. Because it's just to satisfy their own gratification of their sinful flesh. Turn to 1 Thessalonians in chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians in chapter 4. Notice what God says because he's talking to God's children. Because Christians can have the wrong view. Christians can begin to accept what the world says about things. If the world says it's okay just to shack up, then it must be all right. No, it's not. I say this. If, you have, if you're doing wrong, correct it. Doing wrong, correct it. That guy has no right to your body unless you're married. Get married. Do right or stop. But correct the problem. Nobody lives a perfect life. Wouldn't it be great if we all did? None of us would need a Savior. Christ would not have had to die and pay for our sins. But we're sinners. We sin. But let's don't change the definition of the word sin. It's still wrong. I've had people say, you know what? I don't mind the preacher talking about sin. Just don't name it. Everybody sin, but don't, don't tell me what I'm doing. Because you'll offend me. You'll hurt my feelings. You say, oh boy, of all the Sundays I had to come today. <laughs> that ain't nothing. Last week was worse. What do you hear about next week? <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Just joking. But here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, look what he says here in verse 3. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that ye should abstain from fornication. That every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. You dishonor yourself. You dishonor God. You dishonor your body. You dishonor the other person. When you take upon yourself to say, it's okay if we love each other. Love is not justification for sinning against anybody. Now, I know it's a little on the difficult side, but... This is just take two tablets and call me in the morning. Look what he says in the book of Romans in chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. This is a loaded portion of scripture. But I want you to understand, before he gets into this hardness of what he has to explain to them, he's trying to explain to them the power of the gospel. You see, the power of the gospel is more powerful if it can save the most wicked among us. You see, the gospel is good news to every person that's ever lived. Every person, regardless of what their sin may be, the gospel can deliver. The gospel can change. 
but it starts off by giving you the new birth. You have to believe the gospel that when Christ died, he died to pay for your sins. And we all have sin. Don't deny that. Aren't you glad you don't have to name all the apples on the tree with a different name? Just say, I'm an apple tree. I got all these apples. You say, well, I don't have as many apples as he does. Yeah, but you're still an apple tree. You're probably a crab apple. <laughs> Look what he says down here in verse 15. He says in chapter 1, For as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. And then, buddy, you ought to hear how he describes the people in Rome and the power of the gospel because God still so loved the world. We love people, but we don't like what they do wrong because what they do wrong hurts people, deceives people, convinces them that's not bad and that's not sin. You see, some people never see how holy and righteous God is unless they can see how sinful they are. Isaiah didn't really understand until the Bible says he saw the Lord high and lifted up. And it says, holy, holy, holy. Then I said unto me, woe is, woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips. But he probably didn't think he was that bad until he saw how good God was and how holy God is. You see, today they just want everything to be, you know, not black and white, just a dirty gray. No right and wrong. No absolutes. You can't know truth. Is that true? So he says here in Romans chapter 1, verse 19, Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God had showed it unto them, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. So that they're without excuse. God says, I made the world. I made this world. People are without excuse. They know there's a God. They know there's a higher power. They may not understand it all. But God has placed some things inside of man. You know right and wrong, though you never had to be told. And then he gets down here and he makes this statement in verse 21. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful and became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. You see, when you get further from God and you try to pass laws contrary to God, you're getting further and further away from God. You don't increase the value of a society. You're destroying society. That's why it's destroying our country. It'll destroy our homes. It'll destroy our schools. It'll destroy our churches. What would you have left? You won't have anything left. You say, well, as long as they don't bother us, it will bother you. You remember when the gays or the homosexuals was in the closet, and all of a sudden they said, they're coming out of the closet. They're coming out of the closet. And they won't be satisfied until they put you in the closet. And that's why they're trying to box us in. You can't say because that's offensive. You're discriminating. You can't, you can't, you can't. And the laws won't be against them. The laws will be against those righteous people about what you can say and you can't do. And next thing you know, they'll put us in a little box and then blow it up. Here in Romans in chapter 1, I want you to see this down in verse 24. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own heart. Now get what he says. Didn't mean they can't be saved because the power of the gospel is the purpose for all of this. This is just showing us how bad mankind is. 
And then he comes to the conclusion in chapter 3. All have sinned. There is no difference. Jews are Gentiles. The whole world guilty before God. Let God be true and every man a liar. But look, God can let you become as wicked as you want to be. You want to commit adultery? God will let you. You want to become a homosexual? God will let you. You want to commit murder? God will let you. God will let you do all the wicked you want to do. But he's the one that gets to decide how you're going to deal with you. And you're not going to like it. And it ain't over yet. Payday someday. Look what else he says here. In verse 24, to dishonor their own bodies. Dishonor. You are not honoring that wife you say you love or that woman you say you love or that man you say you love. You're not honoring them by having sex with them. You're dishonoring them because it's not an honor to have sex outside of marriage. It is honor inside of marriage, but not outside of marriage. It is wrong. Listen, aren't you glad that God is a God of second chance and third chance and fourth chance? I'm glad that God forgives. That I am so thankful for. But we can't justify something just because, well, I'm doing this. And therefore, if I do it, it's okay. I don't care if you do it. Still wrong. There ought to be high standard. Don't you think the preacher ought to practice what he preaches? Do you think that the elders ought to? You think the deacons ought to? You think all the leaders in God, what we think y'all too. We ought not be any holier than you are. I believe the word of God is for God's people. It's for all of us. But we need to agree on what's wrong. And what's wrong is what God says is wrong. And what's right is what God says is right. Look in verse 25. Who changed the truth of God into a what? Changing the meaning of the word marriage. It doesn't mean man and a woman. It means two men and two women. No, it doesn't. And all the laws passed doesn't change it. Because they want to be acceptable. Then it takes and removes the stigma. And just because a man loves another man, you don't have to go to bed with him and prove it. I love my son, but we're not going to bed. I love my daughter, but we're not going to bed. You can love a lot of people. But you don't have to have sex with them to prove it. It's still wrong. It's lust of the flesh. And notice what he says here. Change the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature, man, more than the creator. In verse 26, and for this cause God gave them up unto, see that word vile? It's a vile affection. It's not the way God intended. It's not natural. Look at the next word. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. We'd be better off if we stay where the book stays. Say, this is what God says. It won't be long. Somebody's going to call me on the phone and want me to do a wedding. And I'm going to say, why sure? And if I ever did, you can rest assured, I'm going to read these scriptures. <laughs> you talking about a wedding ceremony I can only give a Christian wedding it's the only kind I know but buddy by the time I got through I don't think they're going to want me to join them together in holy deadlock <laughs> look what he says here again in verse 26 
and change the natural use that which is against nature. Verse 27, and likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another. Did the Bible address this subject? It's in the Bible. It is addressed. And God says it's vile. It's wicked. It's an abomination. It's wrong. You can't justify it. It is not right. Love does not excuse it. It's sinful and needs to be dealt that way. So you want God to bless you or curse you? So I don't know your personal life. I don't know what's going on in your life. But I'm telling you this, you can't play games against God and win. You can't play a game. God deals and God says he will judge. So you can try to get away with whatever you want and nothing happens so far, but you're teaching and training by what you're doing and you're ruining somebody else's life. Because you see that, that other man, well, you just kept him from maybe finding a good wife and having some children and a whole family. They don't know what it's cost them yet. They're just thinking about for the moment, and that's what lust does. Now they're trying to come out with, hey, I've been married to this nut for 18 months. How can I get divorced now? It doesn't solve all the problems, does it? Never will, and it doesn't bring peace and joy. I think it's wonderful when a man and a woman get married and they commit themselves to each other for the rest of their life. But if it doesn't work out, and for some reason, and God says in this book, the book of Matthew, chapter 19, hardness of their heart. Moses gave a bill of divorce. But that was because of hardness of their heart, because of sin. Because they refused to do what God says do. One or two. It takes both to make a marriage. And I've seen a lot of people have a lot of hurt and a lot of pain as they go through life. One of the most destructive things in the home is the splitting up of the home. It hurts the children. It hurts the grandkids. And you'd be surprised of how much chaos it can cause. Listen, there's enough problems when you try to do everything right. But when you have a second one, third one, fourth one, it increases the possibilities of more things going wrong. I'm not God and I'm not the judge and I'm not trying to be. I'm just saying, this is what God wanted. This is how God feels about it. And if you have a trusted Christ as your Savior, God calls it sin. So from this point on, this day, this year, you strive in your mind, I'm going to be careful what I watch, what I listen to, where I go. Make sure you treat your wife right, your husband right. And if you're thinking about going outside of that marriage relationship, you need somebody to put a, an iron anvil over your head until it rings like a Chinese gong. And you keep your mind straight and keep yourself clean. The Bible says, keep thyself what? Pure. Keep thyself pure. Stay pure. When you get to heaven, you'll be so glad you did. You will always win doing what God says do. You go against God, you will lose. You will lose. One verse before we close, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Now this is written to rebellious Christians in Corinth. And so in verse 9, it makes this statement. Know ye not that the unrighteous, the unrighteous here is the sinners. It's a reference to those who are heathen, to those that are unjust, shall not inherit the kingdom of God. 
That's the first birth. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. That's the homosexuals. In verse 10, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Look up here. This is the flesh. This is when we were born into the world. We were born with a sinful nature. Because of sinful nature, we commit sins. And these cannot inherit the kingdom of God. This guy, this first he's not going to heaven. God will not allow any sins in heaven. So how do we get there? You trust Christ as your Savior. He gives you a new birth. This one doesn't have a sinful nature. This one can't sin. See, I was born into this world uh, a long time ago. That's this one. I was born into God's family 54 and a half years ago. So I got two births. This is the one that's going to heaven. This one ain't going. So he says, when you walk in the flesh, God has to judge this. God can't condemn you. You can't go to hell because I got, I got another birth over here. didn't do anything wrong. So he says here in verse 11, And such were some of you, but ye are washed, ye are sanctified, ye are justified. Look up here. This is what God saw. I had to admit, I am a sinner. I'm an apple tree. You ought to see all the apples on my tree. I'm a sinner. I trusted Christ as my Savior. Now, I am considered, I have been washed. See, washed. I'm clean. Oh, yeah, clean. God no longer sees me here. He sees me here. I have been sanctified, made pure and holy. Not because of what I've done, but because that's what He did for me. He loved me that much. But He's willing to do this for everybody. But He doesn't want His children, while you're still here, don't let this one control your life. Don't let it ruin your life. Don't let it ruin your testimony. Live to please God. You'll be so glad you did. It'll be worth it all. And God says, if you'll serve Him, He says, one of the fruits of the Spirit, He says, love, and joy, and peace. There's your love. There's your lust. It's the lust of the flesh. People burning with passion toward another that they're not supposed to. Unnatural. See, it can be done, and you can so-called love the wrong people and express yourself any way you want to, but it's not God's will. And there's a difference. And so you'll find yourself fighting against God. And what you want is the love, the joy, the peace, the happiness. All, the, what you want, you're not going to have. It's an imitation. It's not the real thing. Put God first. Look up here. I have done my best to try to bring this difficult message as sweet as I know how. <laughs> well, all the humility and grace and the honeydew is just a dripping. Wouldn't you agree with that? You know I've tried my best to try to present it as honestly as I know how without hurting anybody's feelings. Now look up here. This is you and me. We are all sinners. Somebody's going to walk in and say, Yankee thinks he's better than everybody else. We are all sinners. They don't hear that. We are all sinners. We all do things wrong, but God loves us. Hates our sin. 
For us to pay for sin is eternal separation from God in hell. But God loves us, wants us to go to heaven, and none of us are perfect. None of us are good enough to go. So God says you cannot save yourself. You can't deliver yourself from that old sinful nature. That's the way you are, and you have it, and it'll always be like that. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord, God in the flesh. He came into the world because he loves us, hates our sin because it separates us from him. So Jesus Christ, who had no sin, didn't have to die. He took our sins, paid for it on the cross, came back from the dead. And he said, if we would believe that he did it for us, he would put this payment to our account. I go to heaven on what he did for me. When you believe it, he justifies you, declares you righteous. And we get to go to heaven on what he did for us. That's free. That's a gift. And the moment you believe that, he says, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. So you can know that you have eternal life. Know that you're going to heaven whenever you die. But as a child of God, you now have a new birth. And God says, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You still have them. You'll have them all the days of your life. But if you start satisfying those little works of the flesh, those desires, they'll grow and become big old monsters. And you'll set those little desires on fire. And you won't be able to control it. This is why girls, when they go out with the boys, and the boys start kissing on them and hugging them, and next thing you know, the passions run high, and buddy, you, you can blow an emotional fuse, and next thing you know, you're on fire. And you can't go, I don't know what happened. Yes, you do. You stop it before you get there. And boys, men, don't you take advantage of a girl. Don't you dishonor somebody. You want that girl? Marry that girl. You can't marry her, leave her alone. Let her get somebody that will love her. Instead of you trying to snatch all the good fruit and then leave her someday when you don't have a commitment to her. Love your wife. Every minute, love your wife. And wives, the Bible says, love your husbands. Let's pray, shall we? Every head bowed and every eye closed. No one looking around. If you're here right now and you have never trusted Christ as your Savior, I want you to know God loves you. Regardless of what you have done, what you are doing. No, you don't have to stop anything. But you have to be honest with yourself and before God and say, God, I'm a sinner. I do wrong. I'm doing wrong. And I probably will in the future. Now, I pray you will. But would you believe that when Christ died, he saw you. You were on his mind. And he loved you so much, he would rather die than live without you. He wants you that bad. That he would die on that cross to pay for your sins and came back from the dead and said, if you'll believe he did it for you, it would give you eternal life as a free gift. Would you believe it? I pray that you will. With head bowed and eyes closed, I'm going to ask you in just a moment to raise your hand. Raising your hand doesn't save you. It just lets me know that what I said made sense. So you said, preacher... I want to know I have eternal life. Know that I'm going to heaven when I die. And I would like for you to pray for me in closing. Friend, I'd love to know. And I'd love to have prayer for you. Is there anyone at all before we close? Say, yes, I will trust Christ as my Savior this morning. Would you just slip your hand up very quickly and put it right back down? Anyone at all? Just slip it up. Put it right back down. If you're watching by internet, same thing. There's a little line right there on the computer. Let's just know that you trusted Christ as your Savior. Friends, no doubt some of you may have needed this message this morning. I don't know what goes on in your personal life. Only God knows that. 
But if you're playing around, you're doing things you know you shouldn't do, you need to confess that to the Lord. You need to get right with the Lord. You're God's child. Don't toy around with sin. You're going to get burned. You're not going to like it. God will judge. You saw that in the Bible. I didn't make that up. God will judge His people. Believe that. Our Father, we thank You so much for all that You've done for us, for the free gift of eternal life. And Father, for the opportunity to study these other things that, Lord, we may not want to talk about them, but Lord, that's it's on the news. It's in the newspapers. It's on radio, television. And Father, they're justifying sin. And so they want even believers to accept it and help us to be strong the way we should. Show love, but hatred for the sin. And give us the wisdom to discern the difference. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.